Welcome to Paddling Adventures Radio. I'm Sean Rowley, and with me is Derek Special. Hey, hello. What's happening, buddy? Not much. Same old, same old. It's uh, I'm excited about this uh, three-part and the three parts, third part of three-part series here. Third part of a three-part series? Yeah. Third part, three-part series. Would that be the finale? The finale. The grand finale. The grand finale. Yes, it is the third part of our um, um, Quiet Adventure Symposium shows. It doesn't roll off the tongue like the Quiet Water Symposium, but... Quiet Adventure Symposium. Yes, the Quiet Adventure Symposium. I always have to pause and think. Because we've been saying water for so many years. I know. And then they won't change it on mm-hmm. us. How could they do that? I know. Uh, they still have the rabbits, so I'm happy. Uh, yeah, so we had enough, we did enough interviews there to actually end up with... I mean. Hap Wilson last week was a whole show unto himself. <laughs> uh, quite the uh, quite the guy there. Uh, but this week, now we talked about the Northern Forest Canoe Trail oh, a few years back. It was a now. while ago. Yeah, 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 probably four or five years, maybe. Mm-hmm. Uh, thought you know that'd be a really cool thing to do. And while we were at the Quiet Adventure Symposium this year, they actually had a booth there. Yeah. So I wandered on down and said, hey, fellas, <laughs> I need somebody to come up to our booth, sit there, and talk about the Northern Forest yeah. Canoe Trail with us. So what they did was pass the buck. <laughs> I can't remember the guy, name of the guy that was there. And he goes, oh, you want to talk to Mac? Yeah. So I said, well, when Mac gets back, can you tell him to make yeah. tracks? Yeah. And uh, went down and got him and Mac, Mac Truax. <clears throat> Uh, he came up to talk about the Northern Forest Canoe Trail because he's done it a few times. Yes, there could be no better person that we interviewed. It reminds me of the uh, the canoe ballet guy. Because oh, Mark Ornstein. Yeah, so yeah. it's like, hey, we need somebody to talk about uh, canoe ballet. Oh, well, here's the guy. You're the guy. And then Freestyle we suddenly canoe. realized, you're the guy. You're the, yeah. Well, and apparently so, Mac is the guy. Yeah, so Mac's the guy. So he's done this multiple times. He's got some record times for going down it. And it's just it's an it's he's a great storyteller, mm-hmm. fantastic storyteller, and uh, so just to hear him talk about it, you guys are going to enjoy it. But uh, yeah, it's pretty yeah. amazing. So without further ado, here is Mac Truax talking about the Northern Forest Canoe Trail. And again, this is our last episode of the 2023 Quiet Adventure Symposium. So enjoy. So we are now sitting here with Mac Truax. From the um, Northern Forest Canoe Trail. Northern Forest Canoe Trail. Um, Mac, thanks for joining us. Thank you, Sean. Tell us about the Forest Water Trail. Well, I had a friend uh, after I retired that was asking me if I'd like to hike the Appalachian Trail. Oh. And uh, I was looking for a new adventure. You know, got some time on my hands, retired in 2014. And I said, uh, how long will I be gone? He said, probably about six months. <laughs> so I ran that by the boss, and I got a lot of red flags. <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> yeah, that ain't going to happen. So. <laughs> so I said, okay, that was like uh, it, it, kind of this time of year. I don't know what it is, but spring, you know, cabin figure fever starts. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Big time. Yeah. We're, all, we're all looking for our next adventure. You yep. know, there might be a, a, a glimmer of sunshine that comes out. And so I'm thinking, well, I'm not much of a hiker, maybe paddling. And I had just started up the hobby and I had done a few trips on my own before I retired, but 
you know, when you're working full-time, it's hard to get off to do any kind of an expedition yes. paddle. So everything was pretty much a day trip where um, I might ask my wife to drive me a few hundred miles and drop me off on a river because I saw it on Google Earth and I figured I could <laughs> get back home. I need to check that <laughs> out. And yeah, I need to do that you know, Google Earth isn't always very accurate on whether there's a lot of blowdowns and stuff. So, <laughs> yes. So yeah. after a little bit of a learning experience and then deciding I wasn't going on the Appalachian Trail, I just Googled uh, distance water trails. Okay. And uh, it came up with a Northern Forest Canoe Trail. And I was, I was all in. I looked at it and I said, okay, well, that's 740 miles. And, you know, I, I could do 100 miles in a weekend. So I figured this might be seven weekends. So I figured it might be oh, okay. seven weeks, something like that. Right. I might be able to do a trip like that. Better than six months. Better than six months. Yeah, we, had, we did the math. That's like just under 1,200 kilometers for us. Yeah. It's like, that's quite the distance. <laughs> <laughs> so I... I ran that one by the headquarters, and I got a green flag instead of a red flag. <laughs> and uh, so then I says, "Oh my gosh, I got to lose some weight and get in shape." <laughs> Come on, Perry. <laughs> the reality of it is, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to die if I don't get in better shape. So, and I, and I had a life in in sales and marketing. Right. So every year in January, I would always have to set goals for the crew, and we'd have to figure out how much we were going to do and. I would just go oriented and, and so this was the kind of time of year that I was looking at doing the trail and I said well this is a goal this is a worthy goal you know I'm gonna have to lose some weight I'm gonna have to train I'm gonna have to get scoot in shape and it's it's a pretty easy hobby to just kind of pick up and find oh, a lot that I can yeah. sit in all day and and so keep me out of my wife's hair for a little bit of time and she was happy that I was gone <laughs> and I was happy that I was gone. funny so. how that works <laughs> Well, we've been married 37 years, so it okay. works. So, it I works mean, it's, it's okay. So, so you started uh, doing just weekends. Did you Have you done it, like, end-to-end? End? Have you tried full length for, like, a couple months or weeks or whatever? Yeah, you mean in the Northern Forest Canoe Trail? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, the first year was in 2014. Okay. And I was brand new. They didn't have a lot of resources available as yeah. far as uh, now they've got online apps from, you know, so that you can it's use your phone yes. and that type right, of thing. Yeah. But in 2014, I actually was completely solo, had a, oh. had a plastic boat. I dropped off my boat in New York. I drove my car all the way up to Canada, where the finish line was in Fort Kent, Maine. Then I took a cab over to Edmondson, went into Canada and took a bus. I got lost, by the way, coming back. <laughs> I took the wrong bus. Finally made it all the way back to Albany, New York and hitchhike from Albany with somebody back to where this, my canoe was waiting for me. And then I got in my canoe and said, the only way I can get to my car is to make it 740 miles. Oh, so wow. There's a goal for you. That was it. That was the beginning. So your first goal was start to end. Never done it before. And you did just, it solo. I did it solo. Wow. So the trail starts in New York State, uh-huh. goes Vermont, zips up a little bit into Quebec, Quebec. New Hampshire, that yep. finishes in Maine. That's Did I forget correct. anything in there? Yep. Nope. Yeah. Not at all. And that's, that's. I mean, the fall, I know that's like beautiful territory. Oh, oh yeah. Right. Well, there's 23 rivers and streams. Right. Like 58 lakes and ponds. So if you can imagine a day trip with almost a different river and stream almost every day, and then you piece that together and do it 30 days in a row, that's it. <laughs> it's, it's just a lot of day trips that you put together. So... You know, I 
people do it at different paces. Right. I just, when I'm by myself, you know, the days in the springtime in the Adirondacks and up in those areas, it gets light pretty early in the morning and there's nothing else to do and I train for to do a few miles every day. So I put on some pretty good miles and average between 30 and 40 miles a day. So it was pretty much a month pace right? Uh, to do it. Right so the first couple of years, that's kind of what I did is in that pace. Had had a lot of interesting experiences, <laughs> though. I mean, you, it doesn't just happen like a day trip because there's, you know, portages. Right. You don't go from New York to Maine without oh. having to do some portaging. Yeah. Right. So and there's like, what, there's like 70 plus miles of port- 65 portages along well, the way. Well, you know, what? and I, I love the Northern Forest Canoe Trail. I mean, I've done, there's no better advocate of it than me, but... They hate. They don't like to scare people with how many miles you have to walk. So when they when they tell you how many miles that you're portaging, sometimes they're a little conservative. Yeah. Okay. My okay. first my so first double year, that I, number and add five. I might have portaged 170 miles my first year. Oh. Now I got lost in the in some logging trails on the river, and I wandered for 32 miles one oh. two days. I was trying to find the river. It, I was just not. It was just bad. Is it more well marked now? Well, <laughs> I was my fault. You know, I was, you know, us guys that try to be clever and, and not take the marked trail because we've got a better way to go. Yep. It's, yeah, not, okay. it's not a good choice. <laughs> my, my advice is stay on the trail that they advise. And now you've got all these apps where you can just follow a GPX line. And oh, yes. So you Absolutely, don't have to worry yeah. about it. Yeah. Right. Well, I was using a GPS device and they were logging trails up in Maine. And the logging trail might have been accurate on Google Earth three years ago, but you know what? Stuff grows up and it covers up the road. Right. And the GPS files that you get back then were only accurate to so many meters. Yes. You had to buy a more expensive GPS map to be able to get one that was closer to reality. (laughs) So I had no idea whether I was close to the trail, far from the trail. So I eventually just threw in the towel grabbed my stuff and took a straight line through the middle of some of the worst stuff I've ever been through in my life and figured out I'm going to end up hitting a river sooner or later. I don't care how long it takes me, but I was out of water. I was out of everything. You know, (laughs) I just needed to get back on the trail and and continue on. That first year, I learned a lot. Oh, I can imagine. I learned a lot. Crash course. Oh, yeah. (laughs) The second year was so much easier. Yeah. So much easier. So how did this trail get put together? So from from what I know, it, it's a traditional travel route by Native American settlers and guides. So it's a it's a it's a trade route, right? A really trade route. Well, when you want to get into the history of it, I'm probably the wrong guy to ask. Okay, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Just leave it at that. If I make a statement, it's not okay. going to be accurate. <laughs> so, is it easy to find? Is there set? campsites or is it just like okay that's a field off the side of the river we'll camp there type thing or uh, they have done uh, you know i i paddle here in michigan okay every river there is right and there's more downfall in trees in michigan on one river than there is in the 740 miles of the oh. northern so as far as keeping it clear and, and and maintained yeah with the exception of a couple places where the owner doesn't want you to do any of the rangering but he doesn't want you to clear the trail it's left because that's where you know famous people have done it and it's kind of like a right of portage and they want to make it hard but it's really well maintained but if you think about going across the lake that you know you've got 13 miles and there's a four inch blaze on a single tree at the other Uh end (laughs) spotting that blaze from the water 
is tough. When it's that far away, yeah. it is not easy at all. And some of them, when you approach a horizon on the water and you're looking for an inlet and it kind of shoots in behind some land mass, oh, it doesn't you can't like find it. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah, I've, I've wandered lots of miles. I've gotten <laughs> lost in the fan. And I, oh, yeah. It's over here somewhere. That's the, that's the adventure, right? Yes, absolutely. I mean, you don't really get lost. You just aren't where you're supposed to be for a while. <laughs> for a while. <laughs> you're not lost. You're just kind of looking. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so it's it's not like there's a big sign saying, oh, hey, oh, no. come in here and no. oh, head that way. They have done a better job, but um, no, and... In fact, when you go on some portages, there's four-wheeler trails. Okay. And there might be signage for the four-wheelers. Oh, and so, yeah, yeah. And that's mixed in with signage from other things. And so you've got all this confusion of which one that you're supposed to follow. Now, I've learned that I, I love doing the trail from front to start, but they have what they call a through paddles where you go from west to east. They have a section paddling where you can do little bits of it and put it all together. Right. Or there's another thing called an integrated downstream paddling. And starting my fourth year after I suffered through a lot of the upstream paddling of several hundred miles, I would go to the top of watersheds using two cars and two boats, and we would pair up, and then we would basically paddle the downstream back to where we had just dropped off. So we still paddled the entire waterway, 740 miles of hiking and paddling and portaging. But by paddling the downriver portion, you actually get to experience probably 25% more of the water instead of where it's so tough you have to get out and take the roads and trails. The downstream section and doing the white waters and all the things that are really tough to paddle upstream, instead of cursing at the water, now you're just going, wow. Just going with it. Yeah, you're yeah. going with it. Right. And so, to me, um, that's the way that I've chosen to do it, and okay. that's how I will continue to do it. And the people that I've taken with me these last few times have enjoyed the downriver portion so much more. Yeah, nice. yeah. yeah, I mean, if you're into the white water and all that sort of stuff, oh, you yeah. can stay in the boat. Oh, yeah. Because who, who wants to get out and... <laughs> <laughs> do the do wait the through the water and drag yeah. it up through there, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, if you don't have to, I mean, you <laughs> can say you've done it, right? Yeah, because I I so admire our, you know, the people who who did this way back when, when they had to take the giant boats that weighed a, you know, oh yeah, oh, yeah. And stuff, yeah. Yes. I mean, you've heard that story so many times from so many people talking about yeah. it, but when you get out there and you think. How did these pioneers oh, ever know, do right? this? Right. It's just absolutely, you know, how can I be complaining about carrying ultralight gear and, <laughs> you know, ultralight boats? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, in, in the other uh, big area here, they've got one of the big canoes over there. Yeah, they Voyager. Got, they, yeah. They've got, uh, you know, what the Voyagers would have in their boat at the, all times and the, the pictures of all the packages and bundles and, yes. and whatnot. And you're just like... Yeah, no, I'm, I'm good with what That I would take. have been Thank a hard you. life back then, right? Oh, wow. Oh, yeah. It's, it's like, do you think you can make it a voyageur? No. I don't even need to think about it. No. <laughs> <laughs> and when they talk about the portaging, and I say this to anybody that goes with me, and they always kind of like roll their eyes at me, and I say, trust me, the portaging is not that bad. Mm-hmm. When you spend that many hours sitting in a boat... It's a break It's a break. Yeah, it's right? a welcome time yeah. that you get out and you get a chance to stretch your legs. Most of the time, you've got a trail that you can put your gear on your portage cart 
you need a reliable portage cart, and then yeah. you basically can drag it on the road or the trail, and it gives you a chance to basically kind of switch between walking and sitting. Right. And that really, people have said, you know, I thought it was going to be really bad, but if you get windbound on Lake Champlain, and it's normally like 30 miles across there, we walked it in one day. We did 19 miles, and we just walked around the outside. Oh, okay. We were stopping and laying in the grass and having a good time and laughing. We're looking out in the water. There's these giant white caps. Hey, we're just walking around the shore, you yeah. know, along the shore. Exactly. Stopping yeah. at the ice cream stores, filling up with <laughs> beverages, yeah. all that kind of stuff. You know, oh, is portaging bad? Would you rather be out there in those giant white oh, caps? Yeah. Right. right? Like so it really is just a mindset where you yeah. have to say, take take the good when you can. And when it's bad, you just take an alternate route, or you just keep going. But yeah. I've, in my days of the, of the five times, I've never taken a down day. You know okay. what? It's it's so the it just, right? I don't. Yeah, you just keep going. You just go a different way. If it's yeah. bad weather, you just deal with it. So yeah, yeah, because you're going to have bad weather, and you can help out. Yeah, exactly. You're gonna. Yeah, yeah. But you know what? Like that just shows that there's more than just one way to do it. So you know, if you don't, I don't want to start in New York and paddle straight through to, right. to Maine well, all in one go. I, as far as I know, there's usually about I think there were 11 people that did it last year. Right. And so each year there might be a dozen people, and I yeah. know when I was doing it, there wasn't a hundred people that had done it in 2015. Okay. So there right. were still under 100 people who'd ever through paddled wow. it. Yeah. So it, it's a relatively new and unknown trail. So don't expect a lot of traffic when you get out there and see a lot of people. But yet when you get yeah. to the campsites or you're going along in the privies and all the other things that are welcome to you. And oh my gosh, the trail angels and the friendly people. Oh, yes. They're yes. just everywhere. Yeah, right. Oh, oh, I got a story. Okay. <laughs> okay, I got a good one. So... I'm coming down Lake, going to Lake Champlain, and we've, we've, this is from New York. The elevation drop between New York and going down to Lake Champlain is one of the biggest elevation drops of the whole trail. Okay. And you go from the highest point in the trail, and you're going down, and you, and you come to the last lake down through there, and there's places where you need to portage around. But every year you do it, you know, you get a little braver and a little braver, but, <laughs> but the rocks don't get smaller. <laughs> so you've always got these issues of, oh... But I think I got a stronger boat this year, and I'm going to try it. Well, my third year, I'm going through there, and I had a glass boat because it was really light, and, man, I was flying. Right. I, no, no, this was my second year. And I, was, I was flying through there. I made 44 miles each day my first two days. So I was 89 wow. miles in two days. I was already up to completing the 90-miler in two days. And so I'm kind of cocky. You know, I'm going to go down through these rivers. I get all the way to Lake Champlain. Now I'm getting ready to camp, and this is on day four. I'm already a day ahead of my first year, on my second year. And I open up my hatch in my cockpit, and it's full of water. Oh. I flip my boat over, and it's cracked almost from the stern to the bow. Oh, <laughs> just, wow. And I'm taking on water. It's delaminating. It's peeling apart like an eggshell. And it was a used boat that I bought anyway. It was a beautiful boat, but it was not worthy to go over the rocks in the, in the yep. rivers that yep. I went to Saranac River down through there. Right. And so we talk about trail angels. Here we are. This is Memorial Day weekend, and everybody out there in the marine area is getting ready to open up on Memorial Day weekend because the season pretty much goes from Memorial Day to Labor Day. Exactly. They're yep. putting their docks out. They're doing yep. all this stuff. So I get out here. I don't have a boat. I'm 156 <laughs> miles into my trip. I still have 
you know, 500 plus miles to go. I said, I got a problem. Now what do I do? I called my wife. She says, oh, sleep on it. You'll think of something. <laughs> oh, thanks for the support. There, so, there's no, I'll come and get you. No, no, that was, that was, she said, let me just sleep on it. You'll come up with something. So I get up in the morning, and, you know, and I go around with a puppy dog face, and I'm saying, can I pay anybody to drive me back to where my car is parked in New York? And after a few people, I found out with enough smiles and enough money, you can get just about anybody to <laughs> So this trail angel, he, he takes me and all the way back to New York, and there in Mountain Man that weekend, they were having their giant boat sale. Oh. And I knew the guy back there because I'd talked to him the year before, and I said, I needed this, this parameters on a boat, and I need to see if you've got anything that will work for me. I'll be there in a couple of days. I get all the way there, right? He's got one boat. But it was, I called it, it was a, a current design squall GTS. Okay. 16 foot, it was roto mold. I wanted plastic because I wasn't going to mess around with anything that could chip or break. So I get in there and, and we get this boat now. And uh, I had my car there. So now I've got transportation back. Okay. But to get there, we had to go through the ferry over Lake Champlain. I had to pay him. Oh. I wasn't carrying a lot of cash. So I was stopping at ATMs until they wouldn't let me stop anymore. You know, I'm getting a little message. I get here, back here to pay for my boat. I hand him my credit card because I'm completely out of cash. He hands it back to me with a big smile on his face, and he's shaking his head back and forth. I said, uh-oh, because the bank flagged that I was making all these transactions in another state. And, oh. and so they said, oh, there's, there's bad Please. behavior. Somebody's yeah. doing something that's not typical. So uh, it just wasn't easy, you know. <laughs> but I got that taken care of. I got the boat. I got all the way back another 156 miles. The end of that day, I still paddled eight miles because I was determined I was going to keep going on the trip. <laughs> and I went out and I slept up on an end of an island. That year, it never rained all the way to Maine. Oh, wow. I had perfect water levels, perfect conditions. And I actually, even though I had to go back and pick up a new boat of which by the way i'd never done any shakedowns with this so it was yeah, yeah. <laughs> right made it all the way there and and i knocked off seven days and i did it in 21 days which today wow. is, a, is the fastest solo time that's ever really? been recorded so, nice what so i mean that's huge if you can overcome something like that it, it was right? it was just like well you know i think i can do it yeah and you do it a day at a time and now my car is parked in new, you know further up the trail so if i do need to go back and i carry a spot with the emergency yep. device so that if i needed to call for help i i could at least hit the spot okay. yeah but i remember that particular year my spot went off and my wife is my emergency contract oh and the people from spot called my wife and said his alarm's going off she says oh no he's okay don't worry about it it probably was just some malfunction she says but if you get any more of them, let me know. So I stopped and had a burger and some beverages. And, uh, you know, I was getting ready for camp that night. And I happened to wander into a cell phone range. And I got a message from Spot that said, call us, emergency. It's, you know, let, oh, let yeah, us yeah. know you're okay. Yeah. So I oh. called and, well, my batteries went dead. Oh. And for some reason, I had a problem before I put my batteries back in or somewhere in there. It was sending out these SOS messages oh, wow. that something had happened to Wow. <laughs> but my wife reassured them that I yeah. was okay. Yeah. And guess what? I was. <laughs> and if he's not, that's his fault. 
Oh, I love my wife. 37 years, I said. But we got an understanding. She knows if it's bad, I'll get a hold of her. Yes. Yeah. That's what you do. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So that was just one one of many things. I mean, with all the trail angels, I had the guy that gave me a ride back to get another boat. And so there's just, it seems like everywhere I go along there, along the trail, if something happens, you know, you wander up, you're out of water, you need something. Or yes. It, it, there's there's just tons of communities along the way that uh, that can help you out. That's awesome. Yeah. 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 So if you've got the record for solo, what's the the absolute fastest time? There, there was a three-person team in a Winona okay. that basically did it a half day faster than me. That's it? That's pretty yeah. tight. Yeah. You think it'd be well, a lot? And I had to take a day to go back yeah, and get yeah. a new boat, <laughs> and, I, and the new boat was not a shakedown. So I had to figure out. How, so I mean, but I wasn't racing. Yeah. I, I was just that day. The weather and the water was ideal, and I joked about it. I was all the way in Flagstaff Lake, and and I was going, "Oh man, I can't believe this weather. I haven't had any rain, and it started to rain right then." But it didn't rain for very long. <laughs> I mean, really. It's just like portaging. You talk about rain and bad weather, but rain is a blessing when you're on a paddling trip because it keeps the water levels up. Exactly. When you're doing white yes. water, man, I want I want the high water. Yes. I want I want near flood stage so that yeah. I can get over those rocks. I don't want to have to deal with bouncing off all those rocks. And that, getting a third boat. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so a small section of it does go through Quebec. Yes. Now, is it is it re, is it remote or like they're, they're like border guards? That's what I'm thinking. Like, <laughs> well, we were arrested one year. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> oh, do tell. <laughs> okay, so uh, I probably NFCT, you're not responsible for anything I say. Remember, I, I've, I've done that disclaimer before because some of the things I do, it, it's my it's my choice. They, Understandable. They, they, they basically gives you rules and outlines and you're supposed to sleep where there's all that stuff well there was a when you're going through the quebec area you can get out of your boat and you go up to this shack that normally would be where you'd give them your passport from okay, the, from yeah. your car and you walk up there and you tell them that you're going to be passing into the border now from the u.s going into canada you have to go through u.s customs and they're fine I remember, oh, this is another story. Okay, don't let me get off the track here, but they're closed at 5 o'clock. Oh. So one year we're going up there, and it's closed, and the border's closed, so we, we went to this lady's house, and we said, do you mind if we camp out here in your in your yard? She said, yeah, sure. And this was like at 5.30 in the afternoon, and you got to understand, it's pretty remote up there. You yep. asked if it's remote? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's remote. Small towns. And she's like in her slippers in her bathrobe at 5.30 in the afternoon. And she was embarrassed. And she said, oh, yeah, no problem, no problem. We get out there, set up. One, the other guy I'm with, he's got a ham up. I've got a tent. About 20 minutes later, she comes out. Her hair's done. She's all dressed up and everything. She's got homemade pie with ice cream oh, and, wow. a, and a mocha that she's brought out there. And she's shaking us because by six o'clock we're already asleep because when you're paddling all day, yeah, you're, 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 tired. Days, you're you're out like a, like out. They couldn't wake me up, so the next morning I woke up and I found this this beverage and sitting right outside my tent. My friend told me the story. Oh yeah, the lady that we asked, she came out and asked if we wanted homemade pie and all of that. Anyway, so now the Canadian story. The next year. The bridge was under construction, so you went up to the gate up there, and it was closed. 
and they had signs on it that said that you had to drive a different route because all of the diversions were by car. Right. The Northern Forest Canoe Trail had published that if you're going in this direction, then here's the alternate route, and it was going up like several thousand feet over a mountain pass, oh. and it was several oh. miles. And of course, you're rolling this boat. It's the worst portage in the world. It's like the portage from hell going through here. Okay. And and the thing was is now because I'm doing the trail in the opposite direction because I'm going to the top of the watershed and I'm going backwards. Yep. We're coming the wrong way down the river. So all the markings that they had for your exits to be able to get out and to bypass oh, to take the mountain you're trail. You're seeing the back side of the sign. I'm doing the back. And there are no signs. <laughs> yeah. Because it's like, you know, you're in the remote. There's nothing exactly. there. And so I'm going through it. And this lady that I'm with, she's just celebrating her 60th birthday. She's a banker by profession, and she's about as cantankerous as anybody. She says, hell, let's go for it. You know, so we go paddling down the river. We said, once we get through, we're not kind of jump the border. You know, we'll just stop, and then we'll go back to the guard shack because the guard shack's not too far from where we have to get once we go by it instead of going eight miles or whatever it was to go around over the top of the mountain. So we're paddling underneath the bridge, and the construction workers on top of it are pointing up to the top of the bridge with their finger. Camera? And they're pointing up. And you're right, there were cameras. He says, they're watching you. <laughs> we didn't get 100 yards, and there were sirens going up and down the oh, road. Oh, wow. And, and they, they did. They flagged us over. They pulled us over, put us in back of one of those cruisers, you know, with that metal fence up there that keeps you in, and put us in, locked us with no handles on the doors in the back. (laughs) They locked us in, took us to the border patrol, and set us on on the bench where you have to be handcuffed and put down to the... Oh, wow. And they pretty much took us there, and they were not friendly. They were not nice. We had to dump our boats on the beach right there and leave them. They took us all the way to the border. Of course, we had the appropriate things. We said we didn't see the signage. We didn't want to take the portage. We were we were going to come back and we were going to do all this stuff. And they said, "Well, you can't do that," you know. And the lady is arguing with them where there was no signage. Oh, okay, the cantankerous one. <laughs> Technically, there was no signage. Yeah, so, yeah. and you don't argue with her because she she's basically the non-arguable type. Right. And so, they took us back to our boats, and then. I know they're trying to do a job. Yes. But I don't look like a smuggler. Come on. Exactly. I do not look like somebody that's got 20 pounds of something illegal in the back of my boat, you know. So what do they do? They pull our boats over, and they make us take our dry bags and empty every single one of them upside down on the ground in the weeds right there. Oh, Wow. wow. So we go through that, and so me and the border guards... I'm probably one of the most wanted pictures up there on the <laughs> cabin. Hey, I know that guy. <laughs> so, <laughs> anyway, that was my border patrol little story. So and how, how long does it take you from crossing into Quebec to crossing back into the States on the trail? Uh, one day. One day. Uh, the guy, remember we were, we were um, camping in the lady's yard and she brought out the yes. pie? Yeah. We started the next morning at 8 o'clock. We went through the border, we went into Quebec, we came all the way to Lake Memrifagog, which is another 13 miles, and we went over the tallest portage of the Northern Forest Canoe Trail called the Grand Portage, all in one day. 
Wow. So we did all of Canada, the Grand Portage, and Lake Memmerfagog. We pulled in at about 10 o'clock at night oh. looking for a bar in Newport, yeah. <laughs> <Newport>, Maine. <laughs> but when we got there, uh, we were pretty proud of ourselves because it was quite quite an accomplishment. Long day. That's not typical. Yeah. yeah. We were we were giddy. We were... We were Oh, and there's yeah. more stories I can't tell on the podcast. <laughs> once we once we finished our night, we went out looking for trouble, you know. Parked their boats underneath the... Uh, anyway. <laughs> That's... An NFCT wasn't a brief... No, we, we were okay. Yeah. Good. Now, when you go into Canada and stuff, they have a phone on the wall that you just pick up the phone and it connects you with a border agent. Yeah. You read them your passport number and they say, have a nice day. Really? That easy. I think there just must be a lot of challenges coming the other direction that makes the border agents real apprehensive. Right. And it's not their fault. It's just they're doing their job. Exactly. And and, yeah. and I had all the credentials to be able to do it, but there was nobody at a patrol booth when we went through. And the only way that you could get to one was to portage over a mountain or, in my opinion, just paddle straight through and meet them over there. Yeah. I was doing exactly the same thing. I was going to meet them at the booth because I'd have had to get into... Anyway, we can justify what we like, but they, they weren't buying it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, he got nabbed by the popo anyway. Yeah. Well, that sounds fun. That we sounds tried. Like a nice route. We tried. So, would you, I mean, you've done it enough times. Would, is this something that you would definitely recommend people try? Yeah. 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 What, what's your favorite part? You know, I get asked that question, what's your favorite and what's your worst? No doubt about it, the Allagash Wilderness, the last 200 miles, is completely remote. You have to check in with, uh, with the patrol, you know, the, the, bo- the, I don't know what you would call them, the people that monitor the... Uh, the Customs and Border Agents? No, yeah. no, they're, they're the forestry people. Oh, the Forestry oh, Service. Yes. Okay. Yeah, the okay. Forestry Service. The, the main Forest Service? Yes. Or, okay. Yes. And you have to register with them because you're going into the wilderness. Right. And then you basically have to check out, and they want to make sure that the same number of people come out that checked in. Oh, yeah, it's yeah, yeah. very remote. The The last uh, check-in is in Jackman, Maine. Okay. And it's usually about a 10 days to be able to get to the end of the trail. And I've done it in just about every kind of weather condition you can imagine. Oh, uh, yeah. To where you'd have to drag your boats in from the Allagash River to the St. John's. It was almost walking yeah. to where it was just absolutely torrents of... Uh, <laughs> You know, giant waves going from one river to the other. Yeah, right. And it's just every time I do it, I have a new favorite part because depending upon the weather, the water conditions, it's never the same. You know, you can drive a road and it's pretty much the traffic's pretty similar every single yeah, day. Exactly. I mean, yeah. But yeah. when you're watering it, you're going on a tr- on a paddling trip. It's different every single time I've done it, and it's never the same. The conditions aren't the same. You meet different people. You sleep in different places. It's like a brand new trip, except for you know where you're going. <laughs> and, and that's, that's, not, that's a, huge. not a bad thing. So <laughs> it really is a pleasure to be able to go on it more than once. So I not only recommend to people to do it, but I say the, the more you do it, the more comfortable you will become exactly, because yeah, right. now all of a sudden... You kind of got the feel of where it is. You know where the little restaurants are, or where to park your boat, and yeah. how to get up the side of the hill that's slippery, and and <laughs> you know just all of those little things that you don't know your first time out, second right. time out, exactly. And so I'm really I, the guy I'm going with this year has hiked the Appalachian Trail twice. Oh, there we go. And they had a they had a, a Zoom meeting on Thursday night that had 
last year's through paddlers. They had three groups of them that were talking about their trip. Right. One gentleman was a biker, and he bikes all over on mountain bikes, and he rode his bike to Old Forge, New York, without a boat, without a canoe, without anything, and he talked to the outfitter right there, and he bought a, a used boat right there at the beginning of the trail. <laughs> he didn't have a portage cart, but he had a bicycle. So he figured out how to load this 16-foot canoe on the handlebars and seat of his bicycle. And when he had the portage, he was actually using his bicycle to his portage his, yeah. his gear he had light enough. Because he's a biker. I mean, the guy was yeah. ultra light all yeah. the time. So he could carry everything on his person. And the rest of it, the boat went on the bike. He says, are you kidding me? He says, I was going down the skinny trails with a little bitty tire. You guys have got this big portage cart. you got to jump over all the rocks and the logs. I can just kind of hop on it. Yeah. I'd have loved to have seen what that looked like. I know, right? That would have been awesome. <laughs> Another couple was there, and they had a dog that had a disability it couldn't hear. Oh. They had spent months training this dog how to answer hand signals. And he wasn't a small dog, but he was a, a working dog, like a sheepdog type. Okay. Very active. And that dog went the entire trail with them. They were also hikers. They'd done the AT, the Pacific Trail. Oh, yeah. And so they showed up, and they basically did the trail. In another couple, they had a four-year-old. They were doing it in oh. section paddling. Wow. And the four-year-old did it their first year. And, I mean, four years later, he's eight years old. <laughs> and he's like a seasoned paddler. <laughs> At eight years old. Yeah, eight, yeah. Ask him. He wouldn't think it's a big deal. Yeah. I mean, you know, so that's, that's, I, I you bring them up it, that way, right? There's a whole trend now, and they said hike, bike, and paddle. Right. It's what it's kind of the new thing now. Is they bike, they've hiked, now they want to paddle, and the Northern Forest Canoe Trail is the longest organized trail to be able to have people that are familiar with using, you know, far out apps and stuff like that. It's just a different mode of transportation, but for them, they've got all the ultralight gear. They know how to camp. They yeah. know how to pack. You just put a paddle in their hands, and they got to learn how to sit in a seat instead of walking all day long. We, we got a buddy, uh, Peter Romaine. Yes. He's uh, into the hiking, lightweight. Uh-huh. I mean, you look at his tents and, and stuff like that, and you're just like, wow, like so lightweight. And, he, and you've been... Uh, I've been hiking and canoeing with him. Yeah. yeah. And yeah, he's he's super lightweight, ultralight. Like we go, out, we'd have like a 40, 45-pound pack or something, and he'd have like an 18-pound pack. It's like... Yeah, How do you do it. So this is something Peter needs to do. <laughs> yes, there you go, Peter Romani. If you're listening, you better be doing this. Take, your, take a bike. Yes. <laughs> I don't know. I'd have loved to see that guy with a bike balancing a canoe right? on top. Yeah, because we were kind of laughing about it. I know it had to get top heavy a few times. Oh, yeah, <laughs> I would be thinking so for sure. Uh, that yeah. would have been a funny scene to see that. Yeah. But, uh, no, I. You know, you can tell I get excited about it. It's it's yes. a, it's a great thing to do, and you know, it keeps. I, you know, I'm not been retired now, and if I don't do this, I'm going to sit around and get fat and old. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to get old anyway, but yeah. at least I don't. <laughs> exactly. Try yeah. to keep me. You're having fun doing shape. it while you're getting old, oh my right? Yeah. Oh my god! Yeah. Fantastic. Awesome. And uh, sounds so, like an amazing route. Yeah. Yeah. So so definitely, you can do it in sections. Yes. Uh, the oldest people are like. In their seventies, uh, so, the youngest. Oh, so I you, think you still got time, dear. Milo, <laughs> Milo was uh, three years old, right, when he did it. Yeah. yeah. Wow. I had a guy I met at this show that came through, and he says, uh, "My wife's sister-in-law lives in Plattsburgh." Okay. And he said, "I'd like to start with you in Old Forge, 
And he says, I'll paddle 156 miles and we'll end up in Plattsburgh. Well, this is a funny story. Not to him, but it was to me. <laughs> so he's 77. I mean, he's a, he's a real trooper. He's going down here. It's whitewater conditions going down the Saranac. This is the same river that I blew up my boat the second year. Remember okay, the one yes, I cracked yes, up yes. with all the rocks? 77, there's, uh, let's see, two women, two men, four of us. He's going to do the sweep. He's going last. And uh, I start out so I can pick a line going through the rocks and stuff. We get going. I no more get started. Man in the water. We, swimmer. We got a swimmer. Look back. Bud has taken his boat. He's 77 years old. And he's got the wherewithal to flip it upside down so it captured air. He grabbed a hold of the stern and put his feet up on the side so that he wouldn't catch any of the rocks or anything to drag him under. Because the water's it's moving right now. Right. It's moving pretty good. And so he's going down the river. I'm going out, and I've got a 50-foot bag, a throw line. So I'm trying to go out in the river and throw it to him. The water sweeps me off my feet, and I can't reach him with my bag. So now I'm floating down the river with my oh, feet no. up in the air. <laughs> We're going down the river in Plattsburgh. And a lady on the shoreline sees it, and she calls 911 and said, there's an upside-down canoe with a man clinging on to the back of it going underneath First Street Bridge. Well, the police station is right around the corner. So the police ran out their door, go out to the corner, and here comes this guy floating down the river with it, and they managed to pluck him out of the rapids out there as he's going around the corner. In the meantime, I'm going back to get the two ladies in my boat, and I get back down around there. So we show up. He only lost a couple things of gear. The police, they were right there. Oh, my goodness. We were just thanking him. So they show up. Now they're bringing coffee and donuts. And this now it becomes a photo op, right? Yes. Because yeah. the police are going, well, this is a story. Let's tell the story. So, so we're taking pictures and stuff. And the guy ends right there. His wife shows up. And she says, you what? <laughs> And he's standing there ringing wet, his yeah. boat, his gear's all over the river, you know, we're dragging stuff in. I said, I'm sorry, but I got a deadline. We need to get going because Lake Champlain is calm, and I need to get out to this island before across, the waves yeah. get up here. Right. So we said goodbye to Bud and his wife, and we took off. And it was two days later, we're up in Vermont or close to New Hampshire, and we're stopping in one of the portages at a McDonald's, and we put our boats out in the front. And all these people are walking up to us and saying, are you the older people going to Maine? And we said, well, I didn't think I was old, but yeah, we're going to Maine. (laughs) What's going on? How do you know about us? (laughs) And I said, you were all over the news. Well, apparently they had published the story back in Plattsburgh. And people all the way in Vermont and up in, they had heard about it. And so for like two days, we were famous. That was my, <laughs> we, we were famous for two days. That was your 15 minutes. We missed my 15 minutes of fame. Like, well, I don't know what happened to the guy who fell in. We left him back there. And so, yep, we're heading on. And uh, so you know, that was pretty fun. It, it sounds like it's, it's quite the adventure trail. Oh, yeah. You know? Um, There's everything. And it sounds like, and beautiful scenery. Like oh. I said, I've been down through there and absolutely beautiful. And, and the people who hike are accustomed to going on the mountains and walking on the ridge lines. Yes. It's a completely different perspective when you get down into the valleys with the water line. Right. Because now all the animals are there, and I love to paddle early mornings and later at night because all they're down there. And you don't scare anything when you're paddling because you're kind of quiet. 
Yeah. And so the animals are right. Oh, it's just magical. Yeah. Huh. It's just magical. And and I've heard the hikers talk about it. It's like, you know, you'll run across animals when you're hiking, but they kind of hear you coming. But they said when we were paddling and we were just floating down the river, you, you just, get the noise. You just glide the, up on them, and yeah. they're right there. You get the noise of the yeah. water to mask the sound you make. So yep. you kind of oh yep. look at that. Yep. Yeah. Surprise yep. a deer, surprise a bear. Yep. That sounds awesome. <laughs> so if people want to find out more about the uh, water trail, where? So, yeah, Northern Forest Water Trail. That, so they... Northernforestcanoetrail.org. Dot org. And dot they org. have Facebook pages where there's a lot of people that will post, you know, you want to know about gear, you want to know about carts and boats and okay. when you want to leave. And there's a community out there that's pretty good uh, that will help. The alumni help support new people. They'll oh, right give on. you tips on, on where to stay. Okay. Uh, there's guidebooks that are written so that you basically can get a guidebook that's been uh, revised like five times oh, with all of the right all of the updates. And so these are all great people that are supporting the community. And just type in Northern Forest Canoe Trail online, Google it, and it'll pop up. It'll pop up. Right. And I know you guys got maps over there for for the the, 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 the trail sections and, and yeah. yes, yeah, absolutely, yeah. with all the mileage and things and. Now the new digital map that has come out on Far Out, which is very similar to what they've used for the Appalachian Trail, okay. will give you all of the just in it. So when you do your mileage now, it'll basically give you your river miles. Cool. So if you want, yeah. if there's a campsite, it'll list your campsite. Turn on filters. You can you know do all the different oh, things right like on. any other. So basically that app will work without any uh, Wi-Fi. Right. So you can use it offline and find that blaze trail that normally you wouldn't be able to see. <laughs> yeah. You just follow the blue line you all the way. four miles yeah. over there. <laughs> <laughs> so just take a backup battery pack to charge your phone so yeah. you can use the app. And right. that's, that's, a, that's an easy compromise. Awesome. Great on. Mac, thank you very much for coming yes, on. Thanks for thanks. joining My us. Pleasure. Appreciate it. Great. Yeah. Great. So that was Mac Truax, uh, the Northern Canoe Water Trail, Northern Forest. Oh, I, I always <laughs> forget forest. <laughs> you always forget forest. I don't know why I'm having that issue. Talk Northern Forest, forest Canoe Trail. <laughs> forest. <laughs> we went together like peas and carrots. Uh, the Northern Forest Canoe Trail, Mac Truax. Thank you very much for uh, coming on and talking with us there. Uh, that was interesting. Very interesting. It was fascinating. So the the par- portion about where it's just a little bit of a dip above the the Canadian border into Quebec, and it's, so it's well, you can't control where the river goes, right? Mm-hmm. But th- I thought that was in- <laughs> kind of interesting. The fact that like you're just dipping in and out, and I don't know how long you said it takes. I like a day. Is it a day? You're yeah. in Quebec for a day? Yeah. Not yeah. A, yeah. It just enough to paddle for like a, yeah. a, a normal paddle. Yeah. Thing, right? Yeah. So yeah. it's like, it's like, whoops, cross the border. <laughs> yeah, it's not like, oh, well, we're out in an hour. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ah, for those thrill seekers. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> and there's border patrol there. There's yeah, like, see? there's a check-in station. Got to do what you got to do. Yeah. Dun, dun. <laughs> Very cool. Well, I hope everybody enjoyed our three episodes from yes. the Quiet Adventure Symposium. I know we have a fun time going there every year and, and checking it out, uh, and, uh, yeah, I'm sure we'll be there again next year yep. if they'll have us. So, yeah, awesome. Uh, in the meantime, I went traveling south of the border again. Yes, you did. We did the long haul, 12 hours with P-stops and stuff yep. to um, Canucopia. 
That's a long haul. So you, uh, what time did you guys leave in the morning? About three o'clock in the morning. Yeah. Yeah. And we got there mid afternoon, which was nice. Yep. And we lost an hour, that sort of thing. Oh, there's a time change? Yeah. There's a a time change thing too in there. So that wasn't bad. We passed through Kalamazoo. Oh. And there's a a visitor stop there, rest center thing. That you can use bathrooms. They got a couple. Of, they got an ice cream vending machine. Oh, how has that not been stolen? <laughs> I'm sorry, but come summer, I'm walking out with that bad boy. The on routes uh, in Ontario have them too. Do they really? Like you can pick all the little options. And it, I, I was looking at it uh, just last weekend uh, as we we're down in Cambridge, and uh, it's it's shut down for the winter. None is enough business, but in the summer, this these little machines they'll like you can pick sprinkles, you can choose the flavor, and it oh, makes... that's like an actual ice cream dispenser. Yes. Oh no, these things are like ice cream sandwiches and different types of oh, okay. frozen treats, right? So this one makes it. You can watch it make the ice cream for you. Wow. Yeah, it's all automatic. Apparently, just I'm, punch in the code. I've and... got a sheltered life, apparently. <laughs> anyway, so we stopped in for a quick pee break on our way, and they have this big. Um, Historical plaque outside. Okay. Tells all about the area. Uh, Once famous for its celery and its stoves, Kalamazoo is now known for many products, including paper and drugs. My question is, how do you make the jump from celery to drugs? (laughs) 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 I I mean, this, this sign is... Huge. Yeah. I mean, look at the size of it. Oh, wow. There's a lot of reading there. Yeah. And the all I took from that entire thing <laughs> is they used to produce celery. Now they're all druggies. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I'm not asking any more questions. So, I've yeah. Asked too it, many already. I've asked too many. I have said too much. <laughs> uh, you know, it, it, was, it was a nice drive down. Um, you leave at three in the morning and you're getting to Detroit as the sun's coming up sort of thing. Yeah. I mean, we've seen everything between, um, you know, Ajax and Detroit. Yeah, yeah, So yeah. I don't need to see it again. Yeah. I can see that at yeah. night sort of deal. And we, we decided we would take the Detroit way down. Um, Google Maps gives you two different ways to go. Either okay. through Sarnia. And then we go through Lansing and down. Either way, you're pretty much yeah. meeting up by Gary, Indiana. Yeah. Whichever route you take. Okay. There's like a 20-minute difference in timing. <laughs> whoop de doo da um, It's Chicago where you really got to watch out. So, But no, we went through Detroit Way the first time and stopped in Kalamazoo there. and Or no, I guess it's just, yeah, just past Kalamazoo that they, they join up. And uh, yeah, had a, had a nice drive down. Chicago was a nightmare with the traffic and the oh, yeah. the construction and all that sort of stuff. But uh, I got to Madison, Wisconsin, uh, mid afternoon. I guess about three o'clock because we lost that hour and had time to get to the hotel, get set up. Really nice hotel room. We stayed at the homes home to the number two suites across mm-hmm. from the Alliant Energy Center. Yeah. There's the Sheraton, which is across, but farther down. Yeah. And that's a longer walk. Or there's a Clarion, which is attached to, mm-hmm. um, which some people stay there. Cause that way it's good to stay there because then you can just walk downstairs. You don't need to carry <laughs> your jacket or anything. It yeah. was warm enough. We just wore a hoodie across, yeah. stuck it in the backpack sort of thing. But, um, you know, if you buy something, you just zip it back up to your hotel room. Oh, there you Whereas go. Whereas we're walking around, around with it all day sort of. Yeah. Thing. Not a big, we weren't there buying a lot of stuff, but 
Now, if you, I got, I got a bunch of video when I was down there and stuff like that. So I'm going to put that into some sort of video on YouTube or something and people yeah. can see what we saw there you and, go. And, and crap we bought and stuff. Um, but I'll just go through briefly here. If you go there and if you've never been to Canucopia, you should at okay. least once. I want to go. Eventually I want to get there. People drive, people fly. Yeah. Up to you. Um, but you could in one day see everything on the floor. Oh yeah. Realistically. Yep. And it's a three day event. It's right? a three day event. Uh, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. You could realistically go there Saturday and see everything. Mm-hmm. But if you take into account all the presentations and yeah. everything they have, that is definitely something to Bit see. more time. You know, yeah, it's it's definitely you need that extra time uh, to go see everything. Um, and yeah, you know what we we did that we. Checked out the list of everybody that was presenting at the various times. They, they give you the whole, you can get the whole schedule there on their website and stuff. And I say, okay, at this time, I want to see this person speak. And at this time, you know, oh, Kevin Callan, Happy Camper speaking, or mm-hmm. John Chase from Paddling the Blue podcast is speaking, or my fave, the one I was looking forward to all week, uh, was Frank Wolf. Yeah. He's presenting, um, you know, and a couple of other things like that, you know. Uh, actually, the other one that I, wanted to check out, which we've talked about um, on the show before, was Tamara Thompson. Oh, yeah. She's from the Wisconsin Historical Society. Mm-hmm. She's the uh, lady that was uh, scuba diving for fun one day and found that, uh, was it a 1,200-year-old canoe? Yeah. And then a couple of years later, she was scuba diving again and found like a 3,000-year-old <laughs> uh, 3, yeah, canoe. yeah. yeah. Uh, so she actually gave a speech on that. So it was nice okay. to actually see. And we went and chatted with her afterwards at, at the booth and everything. And um, you know how we'd said, well, if those were there, like 20 some odd feet down, I think it's 26 feet down or something. Mm-hmm. You're not taking that canoe and burying it 26 feet no, down. No. So the water level figured, increased or yeah. something happened. So we gave her our whole theory that we had talked about on the show going, it must have been... The water level must have been so much lower then. Yeah. And I bet you there was probably, if they're burying them there, there had to be a village and stuff there. Mm-hmm. That's our theory. Apparently, between 1,000 and I think she said 6,000 years ago, or 3,000 years, 6,000. There's a lot of numbers involved. Yeah. There was a drought. Oh. So, yes, the water level was significantly lower. Huh. So, where she found the canoes... Would have been drought level, drought level. So mm. they would have been like ten, fifteen feet yeah. offshore, just, just you know, like a few feet yeah. under the water. Um, so what did she think of our theories? Because we had talked about. Uh, so how does one forget a canoe? So if it's a drought theory and the water comes up, it's just too deep for them to recover the canoe, and it is stored under the water to preserve it over right. winter, right? Right. So did you t- mention to her like I had thought that? Well, you know, the dude who buries it, the native who bear, should call him a dude, the native who buries <laughs> it. <laughs> the native who buries it, if they should pass away, die, or whatever, then 
nobody knows where he buried the canoe right. in the mud for over the winter to preserve it, right? So they're not sure on a whole bunch of the yeah. little details yet. They've been waiting for grant money to come in so they can do more. They want to do... Right? They just got that. Okay. So, but in the meantime, the Ho-Chunk people yeah. down there, the, the, the tribe, they've actually got ground-penetrating radar. Oh, radar. So when they're looking for um, uh, native burial grounds... Yep. They can use... Because she's like... Why would you guys have this? Mm-hmm. So when they're finding these native burial grounds, they can actually find if anybody's buried. Yeah. Right? Okay. Do not dig here. So they got talking. They contacted the company and they made some tweaks and gave a couple of attachments that they can then go over the ice ah. where she found the boats. Yeah. And they can, they have Look now- other stuff in that area. Done all of that. Mm-hmm. And she says she can't talk about what's been found. Oh, they have And there's stuff. theories yeah. and she can't say, she, but she did take my information and was willing to come on our podcast nice. when they do find out mm-hmm. and uh, have a chat with us and stuff yeah, like we'll that. Yeah, we'll have to wait until she's yeah. allowed to talk. But we were right on <laughs> with it, with the, uh, the, the water level being yeah. that much yeah. lower and- yeah. She was sort of the same thing as like, if it was that much lower and we found two boats there, there's probably, it was a village there. So mm-hmm. we may find some other things yeah. as well. So, um. Very interesting. But one of the guys now, I hope I get this right. One of the people there went to find other canoes that are, are known of in okay. collections and yep. stuff. The same sort of time period yeah. and stuff like that. The same types and, and things like that. And I think she's such, they're up to like 71. Oh, wow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of them out there that have actually been found, I guess, not documented or. Did she say whether they could tie the design or the type of carving that went through to make these canoes, whether they can tie it to a specific uh, tribe, village? That, there is, there's a bunch of different uh, tribes and stuff down that mm-hmm. way, so. Unfortunately, now, like I say, it's the Ho Chunk people that are yeah. down that specific area. Mm-hmm. So, and they're the ones that are helping out. So, um, and actually, we we mentioned, and I can't remember his name right now off the top of my head. Uh, we actually mentioned him in our our um, episode when we discussed it. Okay, yeah. Uh, he, yeah. He's he's been a major. Yes, yes. Charlie yeah. something. I'm sure, it was Charlie something. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's been a major help with with all of this. So, anyway, we found that really interesting. Yeah. Wisconsin Historical Society, uh, Tamara Thompson. Maritime archaeologist. So, and she's showing some pictures and stuff of them bringing them all up and stuff like yeah. that, which is really cool. And some some of the you know behind the scenes stuff mm-hmm. where they're stored, how they're stored, and everything now and and whatnot. So she showed some of those in her presentation. So it was pretty cool. Yeah, uh, her and Frank Wolf are two of the ones that I wanted to to meet. Um, we've talked to Frank Wolf. I've been watching his stuff for over a decade yeah. now, but to actually finally meet him in person was pretty cool. I had my, uh, actually, he noticed me in the, yeah, in the that's main amazing. hallway, that's right? That's amazing. Well, because every time I've seen him, because it took me a minute, like, who's this guy? Yeah. Um, the first time I, you know, every time we see him, he's got this big beard or because something like that. he's been on a trip for yeah, 70 days. right? And so this time he's just got a little bit of facial hair and, yeah. and it's like, oh, Frank. Right? So, <laughs> and uh, he says, yeah, I got to give uh, a presentation. I go, I dug in the backpack, brought out my pick, my book, uh, uh copy of lines on a map by frank wolf and i said i brought this because i'm coming to your presentation and i hope you're going to sign it and he whips out a pen and 
right in the middle of the hall. Right on. Signs right on. And, uh, signs my book for me, which is cool. <laughs> Uh, you know, it's just guys like that. Like, I've been watching his stuff for quite a while now. Yeah. Um, and, you know, reading his books and seeing his movies and, and stuff. And uh, uh, it was funny because at the end of his presentation, if you watch his movies, uh, he had uh, Taku was one of the guys that yeah. went out with him. And the one thing in the movies is Taku never remembers his birthday. <laughs> so at the end of his presentation, Frank says, does anybody have any questions? And no one was doing any questions. Everyone, mm-hmm. No one wants to be the first. So I put up my hand. It's John. I said, yeah. Does Taku remember your birthday yet? <laughs> <laughs> you know who has watched the films by everybody that giggle. Yeah. Right? <laughs> and then all the questions came out. Yeah. So, yeah, it was pretty cool. So, uh, Dennis Rogers, Canoe Hound was there. Um Johnny and Colleen, uh, Cool Quest. Oh, yes. They were there. Actually, I got them hooked on Frank. Yeah. I dragged them into the, the Frank Wolf thing, told them about him, and they joined us. Right on. Uh, I do believe Colleen went and bought his book and had him sign it and all that yeah. sort of stuff. So they're going to watch all his, his films. Uh, Steve from Novacraft was chatting with him. I'm trying to get Tracy to allow me to buy a new. <laughs> uh, Nick from Now Outdoors Expedition. Yeah. Uh, we're going to we're chat with him, hoping to get him on here. He does, he leads um, guided trips in the Amazon, uh, guided trips to base camp at Everest. That's amazing. Does wilderness first aid training, a whole bunch of stuff down mm-hmm. there. Uh, if you saw that picture of me with that uh, big old alpaca oh, yes. hat. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, that's, that's Nick from uh, Now Outdoors <laughs> Expeditions. So that's pretty cool. Kevin Cal and Cliff Jacobson were down there. Plum and Pilot Islands, our friend Kim, our new friend Kim. Yeah. She's a pal of uh, John Van Berger's. Oh, yes. Our foreign correspondent. Yeah. And she, uh, I hooked up with her so that I could pass off some uh, Pupper's beer. And she took it to John. John Van Berger's now had Pupper's yeah, beer. He sent us a picture. Yeah. I saw it. Yeah. Although he did say can. And I'm like, are you kidding me? There was six cans in there. <laughs> he tried to throw her under the bus. It didn't work uh, eventually. <laughs> well, it worked for a while. Like I say, John Chase was there. A lot of saving the boundary water stuff. Oh, a yeah. A lot of yeah. saving the boundary waters and canoe tripping in the boundary waters and mm-hmm. a ton of stuff that was there. Actually, the saving the boundary waters people were there and I went up and was saying, yeah, you know, we're Paddling Adventures Radio and we talk about saving the yeah. boundary waters and everything that's going on. So they were happy to hear that. So everybody that's listening, it's uh, it's a very visual thing for me, but you guys are missing out because uh, Sean's going through all the stickers and business cards <laughs> yeah, and pamphlets that he's I'm collected. Holding them up, yeah. <laughs> so like, like flashcards. So we, we should have recorded it on YouTube. <laughs> well, I, I've done that. I've done all that and all that video. Yeah. I, I took the GoPro and just did all this stuff. Yeah. So there will be a visual of this. Uh, Scott McGregor from um, Rapid Media. Yes. Uh, chatted with him, said we got to get him on the show. How we haven't yet, I don't know. Uh, we're actually, we'll talk about it later. Film Festival, Battling Film Festival, yeah. we're hosting again. Agawa, the Saw people, Boreal oh, Saw. Oh, yes, yeah. They yeah. got a you have one pretty nifty, I've, got, I've been using one of these for a few years now um, on my canoe trips. They've got a new axe hatchet combo thingy Mm-hmm. Coming out. Oh yes, yes. They're going to they're going to release that. Yeah. So I told them when they release it, let me know. And we'll chat with them about that. 
clean drain dry clean boater.org protect your waters yes not ours zebra mussels and waters. other foliage yeah. that is invasive species so it's it, it's just a clean drain dry and always inspect your watercraft thing prevent invasive species uh recreational barrel works uh, andy yes. yeah i bought a couple of items from him he had a lot of barrels there he had a big mass of wall o barrels <laughs> Whoa, oh, barrels. Like, if you were a, music, a guitar player, yeah. you would love a wall of amplifiers, like <laughs> yes. the wall of barrels yeah, yeah, that yeah. Andy had. Yeah. Uh, got a temp line from him and bought the the external pack that attaches to your mm-hmm. your big pack or your, your barrel. Yeah. Um, bought one of those because that way you can stick an axe in it, your, your saw yeah. in it, your... Easy poles. access to stuff. Yeah, stuff that... So you're not having to open everything up and yeah. dig something out. It's ready to, Like, if you got a small... Um, fishing pole. Yeah. You throw it in there. It's at the side of your barrel when you're mm-hmm. portaging or something. And if you're, you and know, it quickly it's right clips there. off and back boom, on Boom, boom, yeah. So, uh, yeah, got some good stuff from Andy. He was busy. Sold out of his map cases again. Oh, yeah? Uh, and a few other little things, oh, too. Oh, I meant yeah. to get you to get me a map case. <sighs> I'll have to get one from, from him personally. Uh, Beanie's Trees. That's the maple syrup stuff. They got a bourbon maple syrup there. We won't get into that. <laughs> oh no, we already did. Never mind. <laughs> Voyager North Outfitters in Ely, Minnesota. Uh, I talked to Tanner Spicer. Uh, he's he's one of the owners. Him and his wife. Um, I was going through the the packages that they offer for yeah. canoe trips, like fully it's fully affordable. It's loaded. Yeah, and it was like for a five day trip, it was like four hundred and seventy five bucks a person. Uh, that's on the uh, up the better ones. So there's mm-hmm. there's three different levels. There's uh, I can't remember the the like there's a platinum level. There's a deluxe level, and there's the the normal level. And so the normal level, like with uh, six people and uh, three days, it's like you know two hundred bucks per yeah. person. Like yes, yeah. yeah. I'm looking at them like, and they supply uh, everything, right? They fully outfit you. So yeah, go to Voyager North Outfitters, uh, Ely, Minnesota. Uh, is where they're located. Um, Tanner was was his name. Um, check them out because yeah, they're, they're, they seem pretty pretty good. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other thing I found. Ah yes, Paddle Buddy, Paddle Buddy dot com. I saw these and I'm thinking I saw I saw, I saw was this thing for thirty five bucks. And I'm going, eh, maybe a bit pricey, but you know. It's this suction cup thing that fits yep. on the front of your kayak in front of your, your cockpit. And there's this little scoop thing that your paddle sits in, yeah. clicks into. So my big thing is when I'm in my kayak, because I'm just coordinated this way, if I want to take a picture, I lay my kayak paddle in front of me yep. and it rolls to one side, rolls, rolls forth, down the front, gets in the slides way. off the side, whatever, right? Mm-hmm. So this thing... There's a suction cup on the bottom. Yeah. Stick that on and then you're good to go. Mm-hmm. And I said, you know, I've, uh, I've had issues before where like I have a suction cup thing for my GoPro and it doesn't like to stick. Well, inside is this round disc with a adhesive on yeah. it. You can stick that on there and then that's this more suction permanent cup and that sucks to yeah, the, will stick yeah. to that. No problems. Uh, paddle buddy. So anyway, I, I'm looking at that and he's got it. They've actually got one in the picture here on the front of a kayak. They've got one on a stand-up paddle board. 
Now, you really wouldn't need it for a canoe. Cause, yeah. Um, but, yeah, I looked at that. I said, 35 bucks? Yeah. It's, it goes, oh, no, no, that 35 bucks for the fishing rod one, which is two pieces that hold your fishing rod. <laughs> this thing was 15 bucks. Oh, that's good. I'm thinking, wow, what a deal. $15 American, but, mm-hmm. you know, whatever. That was a good deal. So, yeah, I've, I've uh, like I say, in this video, I've... Um, See how it just clips? There's a clip. Yeah, there. I see that. Yeah, right? It's just that yeah, thing. You, anybody listening can't hear it but or see it, but, you know. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah you just clip your, your, yeah. your paddle Yeah, and then that it and makes you good. hand-free. So instead of chasing your paddle, or like I've seen people, and I've used it myself, just uh, like a paddle leash showing. Yeah. It attaches to your life vest, and you so if you drop it, it, you can just pull the cord and pull it back. But this here just actually mounts it in front of you, so it's out of the water, out of the way. It's not going to roll off. It's mm-hmm. not going to drag behind you as you're trying to take a picture. Catch on something or whatever. Yeah, yeah. yeah. If, if one blade dips in the water while you're trying to take a picture, some of your, your kayak turns. and Yeah, and yeah. then you got to take it out and you move it and yeah. move yourself back in yeah. position. And So, yeah. Um, yeah, paddle buddy. Uh, I keep wanting to say buddies, but it, it's buddy. Yeah. Paddle-Buddy, B-U-D-D-Y dot com. Yeah. Check them out. Nice I, can't, I can't wait to try, try this out. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, cool. Uh, and if you if you actually have used these, let, let us know. Um, yeah, like I say, I, I'm waiting to try it out. Um, but at the end of the day, Jerry Vandiver, he was there oh, yes. as well. Yeah. We, we, we checked out his things. Um Darren and his Darren Bush and his group put on a very, very good uh, Canoe Copia 2023 yes. yeah. with all the speakers and everything they had and all the displays and the vendors and and all that sort of thing. It was well done, well done, Darren. Uh, you guys uh, deserve a good pat on the back for this year's show. Had a blast. Mm-hmm. We'll see you in 2024. I'll have to try and make it down one of these years. You think? Everybody <laughs> should. Everybody. Now, when I went down the last time, just before COVID, the year before COVID yep. hit, at one point we're walking down. So there's four Canadians walking down. Then there's Kevin Callens. That's five. And there was a group of about three or four other people. So there ended up being about 10 Canadians in a group <laughs> in the middle of the main yep. hallway. Happened again this year. <laughs> I think it was uh, Saturday yeah. night. Yeah, there was a, there was a whole load of us all all there. It's a roving gang of Canadians. Um, and to uh, Johnny um, from Cool Quest, yep. he no, he he clued me into something. Okay, if you've got a little barbecue thing. Okay. They call we call it what do we call that? Barbecue, little hibachi, barbecue, little barbecue, right? Yeah. They call it a grill. Just a grill. That's that's how he can tell we're Canadian because oh. we don't call it a grill. Hmm. I never realized that. What do we call it? It's just like it's a barbecue. Yeah. A barbecue. Mhm. No, it's a grill. No, hmm. it's a barbecue. <laughs> so we fought. there was a sort of fight in the middle of the uh yeah no that because we saw this one kayak it was a fishing catamaran yeah it wasn't really a kayak it's got a big seat in the middle it's got a rudder and on the seat that spins Mm -hmm. it's like an office chair yeah in the middle of this catamaran fishing kayak thing 
There's two handles on the side for oh, your rudder. Yeah. And there's pedals in front of you. <laughs> and there's flat space. But behind the chair, you could put a little barbecue. A grill. A grill. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and it's not craft dinner, it's macaroni. Is that what it was? I think mac that was the other Yeah, mac and cheese. Yeah, it's mac and cheese. Mm-hmm. Not craft dinner. <laughs> so, okay. Whatever. Yeah. We're big on brands in Canada. Right? Like Kleenex. Skidoo's. It's not Kleenex. It's Skidoo's have been Skidoo's tissue. for so long. That's a snowmobile, but because yeah. Skidoo is a brand name. Or Snow Machine. It became a Snow Machine, snow machine. a few years yeah. back. Right? Yeah, it's a Snow Machine. Mm-hmm. That's a Skidoo. Oh, yeah. Other than that, like I said, I I took a bunch of video. I'm going to put them all together in little um, YouTube thingy, and um, yeah, should be good. Yes, can't wait to go back next year. I'll try and go next year. We'll see what happens. See, like there's enough room in our truck. Mm -hmm. If you can get Siobhan to pawn the kids off, (laughs) yeah, that's true. Yeah. That's or if you can pawn the kids yeah. off on somebody, <laughs> do we got room, mm-hmm. right? Because I filled up at home. No. Yeah, I filled up at home, topped up just before I crossed the border. And then I didn't have, I, I put some in just before Chicago, yeah. enough to get me back across the border. And then I filled up and I'm still running on that. So it's like two and a half tanks. Mm-hmm. But that included all the running around for a couple of days. and Yeah. That's not bad. Mm-hmm. That's right? good. Yeah. So, um, other than that, that's we got a few other things going on. Oh yes, uh, one of them. Da, 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 da. Outdoor Athena Instagram oh, page. Okay, yes. Outdoor yeah. underscore Athena because I know when I'm trying to teach her to become a canoe dog, I'm going to start posting way too many dog pictures on our paddling adventure yeah, radio yeah. site. So I made her now. I thought, yeah, I'm going to be that guy. I'm going to be one of the weirdos. Oh, my God. Do you know how many dog Instagram pages there are There'd out there? There'd be a there? lot. There'd be a lot. There are, like, hundreds. Well, it's easy to, you know, it's easy to post about your dog, just your dog. Like, some people are uncomfortable posting about themselves. Hey, yeah. I'm doing this today. I'm going to the grocery store. No, I'm I'm, you know, I'm training my dog for this, that, the other. People are interested. It's easy German to Shepherds, Shih Tzus, Huskies, and Dobermans, especially Dobermans. Yeah. yeah, apparently these are all the people that have dog pages. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I, I, I made uh, Outdoor Athena. Yeah. Gave her her own Instagram page. She's already over 80 subscribers. Yeah, very cool. Right. So anyway, so I'll post all my stuff, all her stuff there and, and whatnot. Um, we are hosting... The Paddling Film Festival, Wednesday, April That was April the da-da-da-da that I did earlier. I thought that was coming first. Da-da-da-da. da-da-da-da? Paddling Film Fest. The Paddling Film Festival, we are hosting Wednesday, April 12th. Yes. Uh, doors open at 6.30. First film is at 7. We'll finish somewhere between 10, 3, 11, or whenever we actually feel like it, because that's the way we roll. Uh, it will be at Drums and Flats, again, in Ajax, which is downstairs. They got the, like, four big, what, 12, 14-foot yeah, TVs? There's one, two, three, four, five. I think there's five projections. Is there five? There there's was- one behind the stage that uh, they don't normally have mm-hmm. on. It wasn't working the last couple times we were there. But there's not a bad seat now. Oh no, it's, we've, it's fantastic. Yeah, we we sell out every year, so tickets are on sale now. We've kept it at fifteen bucks. Yeah, uh, that covers the cost of the hosting the film festival. It does cost like us to host it. Yeah, and um, um, yeah, you know what? You you show up there, you can 
order some food and a couple of beverages and enjoy your evening watching all types of film fests, uh, films on paddle. Mm-hmm. So there's that. It's going to be fun. The Canoe Symposium, Ontario Backcountry Canoe Symposium. Come I out. hope you got your tickets this weekend. <laughs> yes. Because if you didn't so get your now tickets. now that it's sold out, I'm selling my ticket for $10,000. <laughs> Ooh. 9000 if you want mine. Give you a break. <laughs> That's what Taylor Swift tickets go for. <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah. I, as much as I like David Bain and the Canoe Symposium, he ain't no Taylor Swift. <laughs> but uh, no, they're, they are sold out again. Mm-hmm. I don't think there's ever been a year where they haven't been sold out. They've yet. always sold out. And so what I've, they have also done in the past, and they may do this again this year, although it's it's next weekend. But, uh, no, it's the, this weekend. Yeah, that's what I mean. The next one that yeah. comes. Yeah, it's approaching. It's a couple of days from now. Right. Yes. But uh, if sometimes if people say, hey, I can't make it, and so they uh, give the tickets back to David to resell or whatever. Right? Yeah, because there's always somebody that comes to the door. Yeah. yeah. But this year, yeah, you will be... Turned away. Turned away. Mm-hmm. Do you have any last-minute tickets? No. Nope. No, nope. we do not. <laughs> As my grandmother would say, you are S-O-L. There you go. Right? <laughs> um, I think that's it. Mm-hmm. Film Fest, Canoe Symposium, Outdoor Athena. Oh, and apparently there's a lot of people out there that name their dogs after the Greek gods and goddesses. There's a lot of Zeus's and Athena's and stuff like that. Surprise, surprise. Surprise, surprise, surprise. Uh, other than that, that is it. That's it, that's all. That's it. Mm-hmm. That's all. No more. Um... Yeah, now I got to think of something to talk about next week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we can. Uh, we, we can. Yeah, there's there's lots of stuff. Yeah, um, you know what? That's that's what's so great about going to the canoe. Some, yeah. or the Quiet Adventure Symposium is setting up the booth. Yeah, is that when you record people there? Yeah, and you get like yeah, like three weeks. Oh, and you're no. just like, okay, I just lay out all these things, yeah. and we come in. We here's what we talked about, and here's what we got. Yeah, and then okay, are we recording this week? No, we already recorded two weeks ago. <laughs> yes. It was awesome. <laughs> yeah, it's a time off. So. Yeah. Yeah. Um, nothing else? Nothing else. All right. Well, I guess I'll see you next week. <laughs> yes. Athena's at the door wanting in, so. Yes, she keeps coming back. Ah, well. Uh, if you want to find out more about us, you can find us at paddlingadventuresradio.com. We're on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. However, Twitter, I might be canceling. Oh, yeah? Why? Way too much politics political crap. There is a lot of, yeah. I've gone the, through and started deleting stuff, like blocking things to yeah. get rid of a lot of it. It's the current climate. Oh, it's just ridiculous. And it is, Blame Elon Musk. He uh, destroyed that platform. <sighs> Between Elon, Trudeau, and um, that Trump. Other guy, the orange yeah, the guy. orange guy. That is, 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 everything revolves around the yeah. three of them. Mm-hmm. And it's just too much. So yeah. Anyway, you can find us on PaddlingAdventuresRadio.com, Facebook, and Instagram at least. You can download or stream our episodes at iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Podbean, iHeartRadio, Player FM, and all your favorite podcast downloading sites. Just Google Paddling Adventures Radio and you'll yeah. find somewhere to download it. Or you can go to our episode page at Paddling Adventures Radio and you can stream or download all 370 episodes there. 370, I tell you. <laughs> wow, that's 370 plus beers each. <laughs> yes, yes. Wow. It's an investment. It was an investment. <laughs> I'm just so parched. <laughs> if you enjoy the podcast, please share it with your friends, family, and fellow paddlers. I want to thank everybody for listening this week. I'm Sean Rowley. And I'm Derek Specht. 
We'll see you next time.